I said, are you ready? It's showtime, folks! What's good, y'all? It's your boy, MJ Incredible. Welcome back to All Things Incredible, the podcast about anything and everything. Today's the Friday show, y'all already know. We got movies and TV series. We're going to talk about Thor Love and Thunder today. And then we're also going to talk about She-Hulk and House of the Dragon. We may or may not add another segment to the podcast. I haven't made my decision yet. Because I don't know if this Thor review is going to be very long. Um, Because here's my thing. So, I want to do a deep dive when we do the Marvel rewatch and stuff like that. So, I'm just kind of give like my initial thoughts on it. Um... And I only watched it once. I know I said that I was thinking about watching it a couple times, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to watch this a couple times. I will, throughout my life, watch it a couple times. Probably. Like, I'm definitely going to watch it again when we get to Phase 4 of the Marvel rewatch that we're going to start in December. But it's not a movie that I feel like... Like, it wasn't No Way Home good. It wasn't even Doctor Strange 2 good. But it wasn't a bad movie. I don't know. The just some of the decisions I don't just tonally of the the tonally of the movie just I didn't think this was a good follow-up to Ragnarok. I don't hate the funny Thor or like, you know, Thor being a comedy. I don't hate that by any means, but like I feel like it was done pretty well in Ragnarok and in this movie I think they take it too far um, like they take out all seriousness of Thor and Thor's supposed to be a little more serious uh, having him have some comedy like they did in Ragnarok's not bad like that was actually fun it was a different tone from the first two movies and from the previous Thor appearances in Avengers and Avengers Age of uh, Ultron but it still kept him grounded in, like, the Thor character, just, you know, uh, showing that, like, some of the Avengers or, like, his, you know, human friends are kind of rubbing off on him, like Tony Stark and stuff like that, right? But this movie just, it takes it way too far. Even the Guardians don't feel done very well in this one. And they kind of get, like, shit on, like, how am I supposed to consider the Guardians as a credible team when, you know, they're getting their asses kicked and Thor shows up and just dominates in, like, a couple seconds, well, you know, a couple minutes, and stops the threat from happening. So it's like the the Guardians did nothing in that. Like, why were they even there? They were, they were not helpful at all. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, It wasn't a bad movie, like I said. Like, I did enjoy it. I just... I don't know. This might be something where my initial feelings on it were not very good. But, like, when I go to rewatch it, I might have a different feel for it, you know? It's kind of like Iron Man 3 when I first watched it. I loved it. And then when I started rewatching it a few times, I realized that it's not that... it's It's not as good as the first two. I don't know if I'm putting this down in the Black Widow, Guardians Volume 2, Iron Man 3 section of the MCU. 
like down that far on the list, but it's not very far up on the list either. I don't know. When we go through all the movies, I'm going to do my best to make a, a definitive list. At least a definitive top seven, and then a top, or then a bottom, you know, seven. Probably. I don't know. Why am I choosing seven? I don't know. That's going to be the goal. And then anything in the middle just kind of fits in the middle, you know, because they're just solid films and can't really say which one I like more depending on the mood of the day or whatever but you know the top seven will be these are it no matter what unless something comes along but like everything that's been a part of the MCU so far none of them are going to take a spot in the top seven or in the bottom seven you know I don't know but I'll explain more about my list for the MCU films when that time comes because I'm still debating if I want to include the Disney Plus series. Even though Kevin Feige said that like, you don't need to watch the shows in order to stay uh, connected with the films or whatever to understand the story, you kind of do. A lot of things happen in the shows that actually affect the movies, which is different from the television side of things in the past. And that's why for the longest time... You know, none of that stuff was considered canon anymore. Like, Kevin Feige, once he took over both film and television or whatever for Marvel, he was like, yeah, you know, just the films, nothing else is canon. Even though they were clearly setting things up to be canon, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Marvel Netflix shows. Now, they've changed that. I, I don't know if they made it official if S.H.I.E.L.D.'s in or not, but... I don't think it is, because Agent Carter, the TV show, isn't. Only the one shot is. At least according to Disney+. Plus. I don't know. Until they come out with, like, a definitive list of what's canon or not, I don't really care anymore. They did, you know, basically say the Netflix shows are canon. Which is going to be interesting how they're going to go about doing that. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, so back to Thor. I like the movie, but it's not like a like-like. Like, I understand if somebody says they hate the movie or dislike the movie or whatever. I, I get that. Like, if they decide never to do a Thor 5, I'd understand. I'd like them to continue doing Thor movies. But that's because I like, you know, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. But, and I like Valkyrie. I mean, if they start putting Valkyrie in other things, then I'm, you know, I don't really care. Like, if Thor just shows up for, like, team-ups or whatever. That, that's that's the only, like, problem I have with, like, killing off heroes and villains. You know, unless you do something multiversal, it's like, you know, they're kind of gone. And it doesn't make sense to really bring them back, but... I don't know. I don't know. I'm still kind of working out my feelings. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed Valkyrie in this. The diplomatic stuff really didn't really play that big of a role in the film. So I was a little surprised that they put all that stuff in the trailers. Like, I was expecting that to be more... Like, I was just expecting more. 
but nothing happened of it. Like, they did a quick couple seconds in the beginning, and that was it, you know. Um, I'm a little surprised that she made it a tourist attraction. I guess it would make sense why As- New Asgard would get or become such, like, economically, uh, you know, well-run and stuff like that, like having so much money, but... They also have Asgardian technology, so they're going to be rich just like Wakanda. So I was a little surprised that she decided to make it like a tourist attraction. It was cool that they brought back like Matt Damon to you know do the stage play, and they had like a little joke in there. Like as much as I enjoyed the comedy side of things, it did go too far into comedy. Like it, it was just too much, and not all of it hit. But even the stuff that did hit, while it was good, it was just too much. Like, this isn't what a Thor movie should be about. Like, Thor should have a serious undertone with comedic elements. Like, they did in Ragnarok. I felt like Ragnarok was a good combination. Like, it was a good, it was a, it was a good step for Thor. Like, if you want to take him from the brooding seriousness and, you know, show that, like the humans are rubbing off on him having him become a little more comedic and stuff like that Ragnarok was a good start this was a setback but that's okay I won't say no to a Thor spot in a movie going forward so like the movie wasn't that bad like it wasn't bad enough to make me say I don't want to ever see Thor again right I'm not gonna lie to you Jane Foster dying didn't really do much for me like it wasn't I don't know maybe because I knew she was gonna die already I don't know it just didn't feel like I don't think the movie set up her death very well and how could they they were throwing so much in there, and plus it was such a light-hearted film that, like, it just didn't work. Like, the dynamics didn't work. So, like, I didn't take gore as that credible of a... Not necessarily not credible. They just they didn't do a good job building up the intense seriousness of gore, you know, as him being, like, a super threat. Like, they just talk, they just talk in passing, basically. It's like, oh, he has the necromancer sword that could kill us blah 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 but they none of them really took it too seriously this film needed to have more serious tone to it and they just didn't accomplish that which is unfortunate but it was cool to see it was cool to have that story get played out or whatever you know I thought Christian Bale did a pretty good job for what he was given um I didn't really like the introduction of the Necro Sword, which is supposed to be like all black. That's supposed to be the name of it or whatever. Which, in the comics, the sword comes from Noel, the symbiote god. But obviously, that's a Spider Man property, so. Or is Noel considered a Spider Man property? Like, is Noel part of the Sony deal? Because wasn't Noel created like way after the new deal was reached like wasn't Noel created only a couple years ago wasn't it created for like a Venom comic 
who has the movie rights to Knoll? Who owns the rights? I mean, look, it would make a lot of sense if Sony had the rights. But I don't think they do. So according to CBR.com... Blah, 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 blah. I really don't feel like reading this whole article... Who is Noel? I already know all this. The purpose of symbios, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so according to them, Sony, not Marvel Studios, would have the rights to use Noel. Given that he's only four years old in terms of true publication history. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was only a few years. Uh, it might seem that Noel's automatically in the jurisdiction, jurisdiction, jurisdiction. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. Marvel Studios. However, that's not necessarily the case, and the reason why is pretty confusing. The most recently amended version of the Sony contract states that Sony owns all newly created after September 15th, 2011 characters or other sorry, characters and other creative elements that first appear in a work that is titled or branded with Spider-Man or in which Spider-Man is the main protagonist. The origin story Secret identities, alter egos, powers, costumes, equipment, and other elements of or associated with Spider-Man and the other creative elements covered above. That would explain why Spider-Gwen slash Ghost Spider, a variant of Gwen Stacy, is available for us, or sorry, uh, available for use by Sony in the animated Into the Spider-Verse. She debuted after this contract got created. Yet Sony has no problem using her. The one caveat would be how far this legal concept can get stretched for Venom. After all, he is a Spider-Man character, but given that the Venom book doesn't have Spider-Man in the title, it might fall out of the jurisdiction. Yeah, for Noel. Uh... But it's even further complicated by Noel's retcon debut in the pages of Thor. At the same time, Noel is the god of the symbiotes, which Sony can use without Marvel's interference. That should logically extend to Noel, though a Sony movie would have to go without mentioning the Celestials. Most interesting, god, yeah, blah blah blah, Thor, Love and Thunder. I don't know, see, according to them, say they're... The weapons ties to Noel and the symbiotes got ex uh, excised as they would have required things or uh, tying things to concepts that Sony owned. That is similar to how before the acquisition of Fox, Marvel Studios could use Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver but couldn't make any references to mutants. I don't know. I'd have to do like some actual digging. I don't know if CBR.com is the right place to get that information. I don't think they have the direct rights to Null. Because they... Because Sony, specifically, anything that is created with Spider-Man, specific. But Null was like... 
you know, used in Thor and Venom. I know that Venom falls under Sony's jurisdiction as far as, like, his involvement with Spider-Man and the story arcs with Spider-Man and stuff like that. But if they create, like, a separate comic, does Venom even consider it? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of feel like Noel would be in that gray area. Ha. No pun intended with gore, right? So they could have did Noel. They still could have had Noel give him the sword. Just not reference him for anything else. You know, unless Spider-Man's involved. And Sony signs off. Dude, that's how they... I mean, they had Venom appear in No Way Home. Ah, it's just dumb, dude. They should have... They should have kept to the source material on that sword. Wasn't a fan of that. Not at all. But anyway, so that happens. Um, the movie itself wasn't that bad, though. I just... I don't know. It's it's definitely not the best Thor movie. Um, it's only cool because it has all these, like, cameos and good soundtrack and all this stuff. But I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Russell Crowe's Zeus. I didn't really... I didn't like the portrayal. Didn't like it that much. But, you know, it is what it is. We got what we got. Uh, it was pretty cool, though. I did like um, uh, Omnipotent City. <laughs> I don't know why sometimes I can't talk, man. Uh, it's getting worse with age, tell you that much. But anyway, I did like that. I thought the I thought it was visually cool, visually stimulating. Um, I don't know the relationship with Thor and his hammer, though. I know I kind of talked about it, you know, because I rewatched Avengers and you know I was talking about the trailers and stuff. But like now that I have seen Thor. His relationship with Mjolnir makes no fucking sense, and it's ridiculous. Like, I did not like it. I thought I was gonna like it, I thought it was kind of interesting when I first saw it, but then, like, when I rewatched it, you know, Endgame, it just all hit me. I was like, he didn't have that close of a sentimental attachment with fucking Mjolnir. Like, he was sad that it was gone, but he really enjoyed Stormbreaker. So Mjolnir coming back to his life just didn't really make sense for me. Uh, at least the level that they that you know they took it to didn't make any fucking sense. It was a bad plot line, bad, 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 it's a bad story. All of it was dumb. Uh, also, why did Gore die? Was the only way that Eternity was going to give him his daughter back as if he you know, sacrificed himself? Was that what they were trying to accomplish? He just kind of seemed to fade away. Uh, like, from what I understood, you could ask Eternity for anything. So, couldn't he have just asked for his daughter back for them to live happily together? I was a little confused by that. And then, like, all after one small conversation, Gore was all of a sudden, like, take care of her. Like, he wanted Thor to be the adoptive father to his daughter. That doesn't make sense either. Like, they just, I don't know. There was too much 
that they were trying to accomplish and they didn't they didn't do a good job telling the story or at least letting the situation breathe like that's kind of the problem Heimdall's son was cool I don't think he had a son in the comics I was trying to find it I couldn't really see anything I'm pretty sure they just made him for the movie but that's fine Sith losing an arm I mean sucks but I'm just happy she's back I I liked Sith Uh, I liked um, I liked the girl that plays Sith like uh, Jamie Alexander I believe is her name I was kind of confused why she wasn't a part of Ragnarok and then why she hasn't been involved in anything else. Like, Valkyrie was involved in the Avengers movies. How come Sif wasn't? You know what I mean? So it was a little weird about that, but... You know, having her in this movie was cool. Her training Heimdall's son, Axel, uh, was cool to see at the end. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It didn't like look like that big of a budget movie. Like I know it was a big budget, but it just didn't feel like a big budget. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. It was just a feeling that I had. Haven't really worked it out yet. But yeah, I wasn't a fan of the hammer story at all. Um sure it was like a couple of quick laughs but for the most part I just didn't really care for it the goats kind of got annoying a little bit I'm not gonna lie to you like they were anytime they like screamed or whatever I did kind of smile or chuckle but it was still pretty annoying um they could have used the they could have used this movie to introduce other like gods and stuff like that like more than just what they did like they did a quick point out a couple of them or whatever but I don't know they could have did a little more I don't really know how I feel about the tattoos on his back either but hey it is what it is final thoughts to save the deep dive for later is I didn't hate it but I don't know if I would say I liked it either it wasn't bad and there were some things that I did enjoy but there were quite a few things I did not enjoy and you know it just didn't really feel like any thing had time to breathe you know like they were they forced too many things like the movie was i think under two hours they probably the movie probably would have been served better if it was like 20 to 30 minutes longer or if they just took out some of the elements so that way other elements could breathe like setting up gore like they didn't do a good job setting him up uh setting up jane returning they kind of just glossed over all like her they kind of glossed over her being mighty Thor 
at least like her starting Mighty Thor. Like how her, like how did she get the hammer and then like Valkyrie and like you know, just a whole bunch of shit, right? Thor returning and kind of like taking over control of the people kind of undermines Valkyrie as king a little bit. So I don't know. There was just there were some elements that should have been done differently. Um, some elements probably should have just been taken out because there was too much there was too much going on in the film that they needed they needed to let other things breathe to have a more intense you know rivalry with Gore or set up the loss of Jane and have it hit more like Gamora dying in Infinity War I don't know I don't know but it was cool seeing Heimdall I like Idris Elba a lot and uh, it sucks that he died but I don't know we'll do a more deep dive when we go do the rewatch so it is what it is for now hope you guys enjoyed and uh, stick around because like I said we got She-Hulk coming up and we also have House of the Dragon and maybe another segment I don't know I don't know stay tuned fuck around and find out okay so She-Hulk episode 5 season 1 now writing's still not great but this episode did have uh, some good spots that I really enjoyed I love the connection between Nikki and uh, fuck Pug right that's his name right I just blanked on his name but anyway, they're amazing together. I kind of wish that they were like the love interest between each other, but I'm okay with them just being fucking dope-ass friends like they are. I, I, it, it came out of nowhere, really, but I'm all for it. 100% fine with it. Um, I, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's Pug. I gotta look it up now. Yeah, Pug. So that was, you know, the scene with them together, or like the couple scenes or whatever, was fantastic. Awesome. The... So I noticed that, like, the She-Hulk products don't have the hyphen, right? I feel like adding the hyphen is different enough. She could have just trademarked the She-Hulk with the hyphen. And Titania couldn't, you know, couldn't have done anything without it. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that is how that would work. I don't know. But they end up, uh, you know, spoilers if you've seen it or what, or haven't seen it. But that's how they end up, like, getting the, or it, how they're going to end up beating Titania. How they had success in having her company have to cease using the name She-Hulk. Is they decide to counter sue um, and say that she's just been using it, the name, in public before the trademark date and so you know they had to use the last episode dates they had to bring them in and talk about 
going on a date with She-Hulk and all this stuff. And it was not a fun time for Jen, for sure. Um, Todd, he's a client for Miss Brooke or Amelia Brooke. Is it Amelia? I think it's Amelia. I don't know. She ends up being the lawyer for Jen because the uh, the company didn't allow her to represent herself. But Todd, they didn't really get into it, like why he's a client. So Todd's, something's up with Todd. But anyway, the other good part was, you know, they decided to go get her uh, specialized, you know, custom suits. And the guy that does it, that like makes the suits or whatever, I fucking love the actor. Uh, I first saw him in Flight Attendant, and he stole the show. He was fucking awesome. So, and he was fantastic in this. He is amazing. But you see the helmet for Daredevil, so that little sneak peek, that was the other really positive thing about the episode. Other than that, I mean, the episode, it is what it is. They should have made this season longer. Um, while I don't think the writing's very good, the style of show that it is just works better when it's a longer season. Like, if you want to have more episodic television with, like, you know, the story carrying over if necessary, but not required, you can't do that with nine episodes, especially when you're trying to do a superhero show at the same time. They should have did this one longer. Fuck, even 15 episodes would have been better than nine. Because you can play around with a couple episodes, you know, before you jump into a larger story arc. I don't know. I think I'm going with the theory that Kingpin is the boss from last episode, though. I So, here's my theory. It's not just my theory. There's other people that kind of have... Well, they mentioned that it's possibly Kingpin as well. Uh, I didn't really watch any videos specifically regarding that, like, theory of who the boss is. It was more of just, like, here's a couple options. You know, the pretty large consensus is that it's, you know, Kingpin or uh, the leader. And I agree. Like, I said that in last week's episode as well. But I'm leaning more towards Kingpin. And I think that's why Daredevil ends up in L.A., right? Okay, so here's my thought process. Kingpin, last we see him, he runs away, right? So he flees, and he has to get out of, like, presumably he's getting out of New York to lay low for a little while. That's why he makes his way, or, and he makes his way to L.A. because he hears about She-Hulk. And his powers might be dwindling, or he ran out of you know, whatever that gives him more superpower-esque moveset or whatever like that he showcased in Hawkeye. So he thinks maybe he can just get a vial of her blood and he can just keep his powers the whole time. So he doesn't have to worry about constantly charging up or anything like that, right? And that's how he gets involved with the Wrecking Crew and yada yada yada. And Matt Murdock shows up in L.A. because he hears that that's what Kingpin's trying to do. So he comes to kind of warn She-Hulk slash help her out to uh, put a cut, an end to the Kingpin trying to get her blood or whatever. 
It sounds like Daredevil's only in one episode. At least there was an interview with Matt or with uh, Charlie Cox, and he said one episode. And if that's the case, then the Kingpin stuff is probably not that intense. It's probably just like a quick cameo kind of deal. Um, because there's no way you could tell that whole story in 30 minutes. Like, there's no way. Other than that, the episode wasn't too bad. Um, like I said, I mean, the writing wasn't great, and there's things I didn't like about it, but there was pretty high moments. Overall, I liked it better than last week's episode, which is weird, because I do like Wong, like, a lot. I don't know why last week's episode... I don't know why episode 4 just wasn't good to me. There was something about it just... I don't know. Maybe a little change when I rewatch it. Hopefully I was in a, like a better place because, you know, I was having like a down week last week and maybe that's just what it was because I didn't like House of the Dragon either. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But this week I did like the episode for the most part. Um, it sucks that there's... That it's... They're too short of episodes for them not to really make any progression in a story. Like, it should not be a slow burn with nine episodes at half-hour increments. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. But, hey, it is what it is. We're getting what we got. I'm excited for Daredevil can't wait and uh this is the episode i mean you don't see it but you could tell this is the episode where she gets her she hulk like combat suit or whatever you want to call it the spandex situation and then she also gets a couple of custom-made suits that are supposed to grow with her so that way she doesn't have to like buy oversized clothes and grow into them um Yeah, that's pretty much it that really happens. I mean, you know, they win the... The, uh... They set... They don't win the trial yet, but they win the... Whatever, the setup... The hearing to get to trial. Uh, so that's gonna be a thing. Um... I still feel like it could have just been worked out with her just trademarking She-Hulk with a hyphen in it. But I don't know. I could be wrong. It is what it is. Oh, man. Nikki and Pug were awesome. The guy that creates the suit is awesome. The Daredevil sneak peek was cool. So yeah, we got episodes six, seven, eight, and nine left. Four episodes. We'll see how it all plays out. I'm thinking Kingpin, though, man. I'm thinking Kingpin. Like, why else would Daredevil show up in LA? You know what I mean? I don't know. Can't wait for Daredevil Born Again. It's not going to come until 2024, though, which sucks, but it is what it is. All right, I'm going to end this She-Hulk talk. 
And I'm going to move on to say something about High School Musical, the musical, the series, season three. I'm not going to do a deep dive into all the episodes or just the overall story throughout the season. I'm just going to say a little bit. Um, I was a little disappointed this season, but I found out something. So it's no longer one of my favorite shows. I still really enjoy the show, but season one was just on another level. Season one was incredible. Damn near flawless, if not flawless. Season two was a step down. Not a huge step down, but a step down. I uh, didn't like it as much, but there was some things that they did really great, like the seventh Carlos relationship and Ashlyn and Big Red. Season three was a little bit of a miss for me, but there were still enjoyable moments and still quite a bit of comedy that, you know, was cool to watch there was a lot of cringe moments but most of all or most of it was more laugh at than you know cringe some of the character progressions don't really add up like they don't feel organic and i i think this show suffers from the same problem of she hulk where the seasons are just not long enough they want to tell these stories and show these characters, you know, growing and all that kind of stuff. But you can't do that with an ensemble cast, half hour to 45 minute episodes for eight episodes, 10 episodes, 12 episodes. You need to have longer seasons. I think season two, like, 12 is not a bad number. I just feel like they failed to execute proper character progression. They just kind of like switch shit up on a dime just to fucking do it because they want to hit a quota or some shit. I don't know. They kind of did that with this season as well. But the singing was great. Uh, Jet and Maddox were great additions to the show. The two kids were pretty cool as well and they have really great voices, but they weren't really in the show. Like, they were in, like, a, one or two scenes, and then they appear in the last episode, or last two episodes. Well, the one is in, like, I don't know, they have, like, two moments where they're supposed to, like, help out the other, you know, main cast or whatever. It just felt out of place, like, we haven't seen these kids basically all, sh the whole season. And now all of a sudden they're just going to show up and act like they're a bigger part in this story when they're all they're doing is playing younger versions of Gina and Courtney for the Frozen musical. Favorite part of the season is when Seb shows up during the prom or whatever for Carlos. Just, they're the fucking best, dude. Seb and Carlos, they've... Since season two, they make the show. Since... They fucked up the Nini and Ricky relationship. Carlos and Seb has taken over. They're the best. Absolutely. And then my second couple was Ashlyn and fucking Big Red. But they fucked that up. And they don't even... Ex they don't dive into it. Or they don't explain... Okay, man. They're on two different levels. Look, I'm not saying that Ashlyn can't go through changes or anything like that. I just don't... They can't... With short seasons and an ensemble cast, you can't 
dive into these stories and come to conclusions so fastly. It just, it's not organic. It doesn't feel like it was organic. And I was worried about Big Red. They never explain what happens between her and Big Red. They just keep dating. And then, like, at the end, they just say, that Big Red just says that he's bi out of nowhere. Like, not even Ricky knew. I don't have a problem with that. Just where the fuck did it come from? Is that what he explained to Ashlyn? Like, the episode just ended right after that. Well, not right after it. They It ends on a different note, but... I'm gonna get into that in a second. I don't have a problem with him being bi. I don't have a problem with Ashlyn being bi. But explain the fucking shit. Explain the characters. How did they come to these conclusions? You can't just wake up one day and say, Oh, guess what? Are they still together? I mean, they sound like they're still together, but like... It sounded like he was ready to marry Ashlyn, and Ashlyn sounded like she was ready to break up. And then they just leave, and then they say a month later, and now they're doing this premiere, and then she just says that she has to go talk to Big Red. Like, what the fuck? Explain their relationship. Uh, I was really worried they were going to fuck up their relationship this year, and they kind of did. But mainly because they didn't explain anything. And Big Red wasn't a part of the the show, really. He just showed up at the end for Ricky's birthday. And then, you know, that was basically it. Like, I don't know, man. I didn't like the the Nini send-off either. I also didn't like the EJ send-off. But, if they're going to leave the show... Not permanently, but like if their characters are being written off the show, so to speak. Then I'm okay with Ricky and Gina being in a relationship. I'm okay with it. They rushed it at the end, but whatever. That's what happens when you only have eight episodes and fucking a whole ensemble cast to a story arcs to get through. But instead, they rushed this one to come to a conclusion and then, like, left the other ones open-ended. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Finish the story lines, please. That was the biggest problem with season three. They just didn't do a good job writing the story. And they, I mean, they got me. I did not see Jet and uh, Maddox being brother and sister. That was a nice twist. <clears throat> I was like, <laughs> Carlos was like, my straight dar is pretty on point. He's like, Maddox and Jet have something for... Did he say, I think he said Maddox was into Jet or something like that. I don't know. So when you find out that they're brother and sister, he's like, Phew. And then later he... I forgot who he's talking to, but he's like, my straight dar is uh, always on point, except for with one big exception. (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah, no shit. They got me too, bro. The Madison stuff didn't really get executed very well either, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Um... EJ and his dad stuff kind of seemed unnecessary to add to the season and it never gets resolved so 
not going to really speak on it anymore. But Ricky and Gina, all right. So they kind of flirt, kind of like they did in season one, a little bit in season two. I was all for the EJ and Gina train. But I had questions. You know, he graduated. How are they going to keep him a part of the story? She's just a junior, you know, so it doesn't really make much sense. So, you know, them breaking up and writing him off the show wouldn't be the end of the world. Nini, they they decide to make her become a pop star, basically. And she has to decide if she's going to move to California for her senior year or if she's going to stay in Salt Lake. And after a touching moment with Courtney, she ultimately decides to say, Peace out, East High. I'm moving out west. She gives like a heartfelt note to Courtney and Miss Jen, but then she all she does for Ricky is give him a lottery ticket. They tried making some sentimental value to it, but when he hears that Nini showed up, he was like, Dude, Nikki, or... Well, yeah, Nikki, but, like, Nini and Ricky should have been a fucking... They should have been the next Troy and Gabriella. But they fucked up. So you know who is the next Troy and Gabriella? Carlos and Seb, motherfuckers. Man, they're the best. They're the only good thing happening with this fucking show. Maybe Gina and Ricky become something great. And they have inside jokes because of what we've seen throughout the series so far. But the history of Nini and Ricky were just... You were telling the story of Troy and Gabriella about like what it's like meeting in kindergarten, but they ended up meeting in... Was it middle school or high school? High school. I don't know why I was thinking... Oh, I, I, I was in middle school when the movie came out. No, it wasn't. When did fucking High School Musical come out? 2005? High school music called 2006. What month? January. Yeah, technically I was still in middle school. I was in 8th grade. Anyway. So they met in high school, but they have a connection like they've known each other since kindergarten, right? That's kind of like a whole story device in the first movie but this time you know during the show the series high school musical the musical the series nikki god damn it nini and ricky actually known each other well i think the first grade but still like the story was just so beautiful But it is what it is. We, we're moving on because now we got Rena or Jicky. No, Rena. Rena's better. Gina and Ricky. I'm not mad at it. Only if Nini and EJ are off the show. Well, specifically Nini. If Nini's not not gonna be a part of the show, then you know Ricky and Gina. Let's go. Let's fucking go. (sighs) 
But there's just, it was just quick. It just, they rushed it. They could have said something more. Because she does this whole, like, dialogue, like, you're not a maybe, you're a yes. Ricky wasn't a part of that conversation. So, honestly, it doesn't fucking mean anything to him. Besides the fact that her saying that she has feelings for him or whatever. <clears throat> but that whole conversation about maybes and stuff, that was all an EJ thing. I don't know. It is what it is. I'm going to watch season four, regardless how it makes me feel. It's clear that I'm not the top demographic or the key demographic for the show. And that's fine. So I don't have to like the, you know, the storylines or the character directions or I don't have to like any of it. But I love the first season. And so I'm going to stick it out until they decide to cancel it. Because I do not think this show is going to go for 20 seasons. Honestly, I would not be surprised if they canceled it after season four. I hope they don't. But if they don't have like a good story to tell. Then I kind of hope they do. But I imagine they keep... They... I imagine they go at least two more seasons so they can get, you know, the first half of school year or the winter musicale and then, like, do the spring musicale. Kind of like how the the three movies were like, you know? I mean, they kind of did that already with season one and then season two being spring and then, you know, season three being summer. So they kind of already done what the movies did. But I imagine they do it just one more time, you know. Because, like, the senior year is where most of the castmates graduate. Like, I think Gina's the only one that's a junior. Like, Ashlyn, Big Red, Ricky, Carlos, Seb, Courtney, they're all seniors, right? So, the bulk of the main cast all graduates this year. That's why I felt like they should have just kept Nini a part of the show, but, yeah, whatever. I don't know how cordial Josh and Olivia are I don't know if that had anything to do with anything I don't know I imagine they both moved on from their situation doesn't matter not into the gossip I just want answers what the fuck is gonna happen with Ashlyn and Big Red that's the biggest answer our biggest question where does their relationship go Also, does fucking Jet and Courtney get together? I mean, come on. Fucking fireworks between the two of them. Well, between him towards her. She kind of... She gives a little, little side-eye reactions, you know? I don't know. I was a little surprised that they got, like, the reactions to the the debut or the trailer or whatever the fuck they watched at the end during the premiere. I don't know why they would have had a premiere like that, but whatever. But uh, they knew that it was a reality show. They knew it was going to get spliced and edited together to make it look like a bunch of drama. They even came together to act out a bunch of drama to spice up the show. So I don't know why 
they took it so personal when they watched it. It confused me. It really did. But whatever. It led to the Ricky and Gina kissing and becoming official or whatever. So, so be it. Season 4. I don't know when it's going to come out. I don't know if they mentioned when it's going to come out. Excuse me. Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure is still the worst thing to happen to the High School Musical franchise, though, if we're being honest. I'd go third movie, first movie, first season, second movie, second season, third season, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. I think that's how I would rank it at this moment in time. Alright. Well, I'm not going to include the special, because the special wasn't really anything. They were just singing and shit. Oh, what the fuck is happening right now? Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't click on anything. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Um... What the fuck? Is it under production, maybe? Third season renewed for fourth season announced in September. What feature? It was announced in September that the featured musical would be... No fucking way. So, apparently, the musical that's going to be focused on fourth season is going to be the... High School Musical 3, senior year, based on the film. Man, I really wish they would have kept Nene. Or maybe they do. She did go off to Denver and then come back to Utah anyway, so... Fuck, maybe that will happen. That was just announced here in September, so... Oh, probably at the D23 Expo. I probably should have just looked that stuff up. Oh, fuck, doesn't matter. Well... Okay, okay, okay. I did miss out on some of the other cast members. You know, obviously, because they were at camp this year. Like, Mark St. Sire. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, But there was a cameo from Jesse Tyler Ferguson. He's fucking great. You find out that he ends up being the sperm donor for Nini's uh, moms. So he's technically her biological dad in that sense, but... So they kind of talk or whatever, but... uh, It doesn't play, like, a huge story. Like I said, Nini's only in, like, two episodes, so... It is what it is. Alright, um... I don't know... Yeah, it doesn't really say anything else. So I don't know when they start production on season four. I imagine it probably comes out next year. Hopefully it comes out next year. Like, I don't want to wait another year and a half or whatever. Maybe season four was going to be the last one. I mean, High School Musical 3 is the best. 
Man, they say Corbin Blue's never seen that fucking match. Like, in the show. I don't know if he's actually seen it in real life or not, but he's like, that's the one I've never actually seen. How can you not watch the third one? It was the best one. The only one released in theaters. That shit was big movie time. Shit was the best. Ah, such a good movie, dude. I fucking love the third movie. The third movie is actually in my top ten favorite films of all time, for sure. Alright, anyway. I said more about High School Musical, the musical, the series, than I was going to, but that's alright. Uh, it's one of, like, I realize it's a, it's a TV show that I could throw on and just have a good time. You know? If I take it too seriously and start to get into it too much, it kind of takes me out, and then I, I start to not like the show as much. Mainly because I get invested in all these awesome characters from season one, and then, like... They break up. Nene. Ricky. But, man. The one silver lining, the best part about the show, Carlos and Seb. Ah, they're awesome. They're amazing. But, anyway... That's all we're going to say for now. Maybe in the future, we'll do a High School Musical episode or something, and I'll do the movies. And I mean, I'm not rewatching Sharpay's Fabulous Avenger. That movie was garbage. Absolute garbage. Actually, I think my review of that's actually on up on the podcast still, if you go back far enough, I think. I don't know. If it is... You can listen to me say how much it doesn't make sense and it's bad and all that shit. If it isn't, well, so be it. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, anyway, um, stick around. We still got House of the Dragon. Okay, so final segment of today's podcast is going to be House of the Dragon. Not a bad episode this week. Um it confirmed what I was thinking was going to happen. I was thinking Rhaenyra and Damon were going to have some weird relationship. Which they do, but in Targaryen customs, it's actually quite normal. But they know it's not normal. Like, they're aware that the outside world doesn't really agree with them. So Damon returns, got a haircut. He's been deemed king of the Narrow Sea, but he pledges his allegiance kneels before the king says you're the one true king take the crown take this sword add it to the throne yada 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 um you know and then later he sneaks well he doesn't sneak he gives instructions on how to sneak out to Rhaenyra takes her around (coughs) takes her around the town They end up in a brothel, and uh, they're about to fuck, you know, get down and dirty. They're about to uh, make whoopee, and then he backs out at the last second. At least that's what I took from it. There's a possibility that they did it all the way, and I just didn't really pay attention to it. I thought they were just making out, getting undressed, and then when it was about to come to insertion, he backs away. But, 
I don't really know what was kind of going on because then he kind of just disappears and he wakes up with his he calls her bronze bitch but she's also been called that by other people she was a whore he was gonna wed her I don't know it seems like a weird relationship that he doesn't really want to be a part of anymore I have no idea but she paid this kid to tell Otto Hightower that they that uh, Rhaenyra and Damon had sex even though from my point of view they didn't I could be reading the situation wrong I have no idea but uh I don't know she said here drink this for the fog so I don't know if she just like I don't know if there was like magic at play or something weird happening regardless Rhaenyra is all horned up so she gets back to the castle takes the uh knight that she's close with and they decide to what's a uh, PG way of saying this make whoopee and you know so technically she's sullied but it wasn't from David alright that's important to note cause the little spy tells Hightower Hightower tells the king the next morning uh, Allison overhears. She doesn't believe Rhaenyra until Rhaenyra says the story that, you know, Damon eventually left her to go fuck some whore. And that was the end of it. Then she trusts Rhaenyra. So then she talks to the king, but the king kind of believes Hightower. So he summons. Damon and Damon's hungover or poisoned or you know something I don't know hungover is a pretty good assumption though and he doesn't deny having sex with Rhaenyra which the king's like why wouldn't he deny it if it if it didn't happen you know um but anyway he tells Damon a second time to go back to the Vale to his wife after Damon was like marry Rhaenyra to me make our family strong again yada 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 all that Tar- Targaryen shit right <clears throat> eventually King calms down a little bit him and Rhaenyra talk and they don't really discuss what happened he still proceeds with her being the heir uh, he says that you're gonna marry one of the sea serpent people Cor- Lord Corliss's family line, I think. I don't know. The other family that came from Valyria. And she said, I'll do it as my duty or whatever, but you should do your duty because Hightower obviously wants to be king. He wants Aegon to be king. Like, he wants that power, right? So, the king makes the tough choice and decides to fire Otto Hightower. He's no longer the hand to the king and next episode you know the sneak peek was basically to you know set up the marriage with Rhaenyra yada 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 we'll see what happens but Hightower's obviously trying to like get some followers saying if Rhaenyra becomes king or queen there will be war blah 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 so I was thinking throughout the episode again I don't really know the story so 
I'm going into this with having no information. I looked up some stuff, but I didn't read any of the actual, you know, stories of the Fire and Blood book or the plot or summary of it. So basically anything that gets done in this TV show is kind of just new information for me. So I was thinking that maybe the the war with the Targaryens, the Civil War or whatever, was actually Daemon and Rhaenyra teaming up with each other. I mean, before this episode, I was thinking that it was going to be against, or those two against each other. But then this episode happened, I was like, well, maybe they're actually on the same side. And... I don't know. It teases the king's death. So, either they're going to speed up his death, like Hightower has a plan to speed up his death, or the sickness or whatever really has just gotten to him and it's time for him to go night-night for life. I don't know. Things are picking up. It's a little weird that we haven't got any of the Civil War stuff happening yet. Like, I don't know. These last two episodes kind of like... Yeah, they continue the story, but if there's only going to be ten episodes, you only need one filler episode. You don't need two back-to-back, you know what I mean? Um, Like, you might as well just make the episodes like 15, 20 minutes longer and just add these moments to different scenes in different episodes. But, not a bad episode. Was a little weird with the Targaryen stuff, but, you know, that's how their family gets down. So, you just gotta accept the characters for what they are. Even if you disagree and think it's nasty. I think next episode we're gonna start get closer to the Civil War. I kind of thought that about this episode, but fuck, what what do I know? I'm hoping that it starts to speed up a little bit. I don't want them to rush it like they did with, you know, Season 8 Game of Thrones, but I do think they need to start picking up the pace a little bit. It seems a little weird they're drawing, like, drawing out these episodes. Uh with this extra filler information that's kind of unnecessary. But I don't know. Is it Sir Christian Cole or some shit like that? I don't know. Him and the princess got down. They made Whoopi. Which I kind of called from earlier, like, with by episode two or something like that. She obviously had an eye for him. So, I don't know. I think the person that she's supposed to marry starts with an L, Lenor or something like that. I don't know. I didn't pay too much. T- Some of the names are kind of hard to pick up after the first listener. So, I don't really pay, or I don't have the energy to 
pause it or go back or whatever to figure out who it was if they're important characters they'll keep popping up and eventually I'll get the names down that's kind of how I see it so yeah that's going to be it for today's episode yeah, we had Thor Love and Thunder which unfortunately wasn't as good as I was hoping but that's okay we're moving forward She-Hulk which wasn't bad but just seemed odd how short it was or how short it felt uh, but yeah then we talked a little bit about High School Musical the musical the series and we talked about House of the Dragon don't know what we're going to talk about next week but I did get some Monopoly footage so that will be the gameplay for next week hope you guys enjoy as always I'm thinking about restructuring the days of the shows but I don't know yet and as I mentioned before I am trying to work on I'm trying to figure out something cool for like the gameplay podcasting I'm trying to get some like retro games in and stuff so I'm trying to do some things with to make that happen so be on the lookout for that as well and so I'm thinking about swapping the days and you know make what I'm doing right now the Tuesday show and then make you know Friday show the gameplay podcasting but I don't know yet we'll see what happens maybe we will maybe we won't plan on it to remain how it is now but who knows alright that's it as always the ramble end to the podcast boo boo kitty fuck